But God, in all his goodness, still allowed moments like this, and no matter how far they might someday be from each other, they would hold tight to the memory of this, what it felt like to be a family who loved each other deeply and cared for the people around the dining room table like they were each other's best friends, the sort of family other people only dreamed about. Bailey closed her eyes and let the music fill her soul. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. The beauty of the moment mixed with the sweet sadness of losing Cody, of not knowing where he was or what he was doing. The idea seemed outrageous, really. He hadn't felt this far away when he was fighting in Iraq. Now he was only an hour away in Indianapolis, but it seemed like he'd fallen off the planet. At least Indianapolis was where she assumed he was, the place he'd been the last time they saw each other. Pastor Mark dismissed them, and Bailey felt her mother give her a side hug. You were thinking about him. She pressed her cheek against Bailey's. Bailey had nothing to hide where her mom was concerned. She looked straight at her. How could I not? We'll talk later. Okay. Bailey returned the hug, and they moved into the aisle with the rest of the family. The knowing in her mother's eyes made Bailey grateful. Bailey kept no secrets from her mom, and because of that, they would always be close. Anyway, the conversation would have to come later. Ashley Baxter Blake and her husband Landon had invited them over for dinner, which meant a house full of people. It was a Baxter family tradition, and at least once a month the Baxters invited Bailey's family, too. The more people, the better. That was Ashley's theory. She and Landon bought the old farmhouse from John Baxter, Ashley's father. Bailey was sure she saw a wistfulness in John's eyes whenever they gathered for dinner. A longing for days gone by, maybe. Days that hadn't lasted any more than the ones now would last for the Flanagan family. Bailey couldn't imagine raising a family for decades in a house and then coming back only as a visitor. But it was better than having strangers live in the place, especially with all the memories that still lived between the walls and windows. On the drive to the Baxter house, Bailey caught herself more aware than usual that even this, all eight of them traveling somewhere after church, wouldn't last. She was almost 21, after all, in her third year at Indiana University. She leaned against the car door and listened to her brother's conversations around her. Connor was 17 and closest to Bailey in age. This was his junior year, and he'd finished his final football season as starting quarterback, throwing for more than 200 yards a game, the way Cody had taught him. Connor was class president and debating themes for the Spring Fling Dance, an annual costume event at Clear Creek High. I'm thinking meant to be. Connor glanced back at his brothers, Sean and Justin, both sophomores, and BJ, a freshman. I mean, I kind of like it. What do you think meant to be? Meant to be what? Justin frowned. In the seat beside Bailey, the youngest Flanagan boy, toe-headed 12-year-old Ricky, giggled. Like, you come as Batman, but you tell everyone you meant to be Robin? A round of laughter filled the suburban. 
Bailey chuckled to herself and gave Connor a helpless look. The younger boys had a point. Connor flashed a patient, crooked grin. Not like that. He waited until he had their attention again. Meant to be like Batman and Catwoman, two characters who were meant to be together. Or maybe just sort of meant to be. Ricky let loose another few delightful bouts of laughter. Like a bumblebee. And then everyone could dress in yellow and black. Yeah, or maybe meant to be. Sean's laugh was always louder than the others. You know, the letter B. That way everyone could dress as something that started with a B. Okay, you're all comedians. Connor gave a mock surrender. I'll ask the leadership class. From the front passenger seat, their mom.